0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode five of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you today by Kentucky Performance Products, Riding Warehouse, and Smooth Dry Jeans. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse, brought
2: to you in cooperation with the Thoroughbred Makeover and New Vocations. On today's show, Jamie chats with Monty Roberts about how to help your horse feel confident in the trailer. We chat with Jill Treese. You may know her from YouTube as J.E.T. Equithery, about how she's adopted positive reinforcement training to help her OTTB get ready for the thoroughbred makeover. And stay tuned to learn about one hunky gelding who is ready to find his forever home in this week's new vocations winner's circle, Adoptable Horse of the Week. Stay tuned.
3: And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse.
2: This is Jamie Jennings in Norman, Oklahoma. And this is Joy Hills from Kalamazoo, Michigan, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Well,
1: Joy, I am so happy to be back. It is actually a beautiful day here in Oklahoma. It's not raining and it's not crazy windy and it's not super cold. So
2: I feel like spring is coming. I know. The shedding has begun. Isn't it a great time, especially when you forget and you put on your chapstick and it's just... You come home covered with it and your husband wants nothing to do with you. It's been lovely. I'm so excited for spring. You though.
1: know what? <laughs> uh, why on God's green earth, I feel like I need to wear fleece and wear chapstick at all times in the barn. And then I get there and then I just wear it all home. It's ridiculous. How are your horses doing? Let's see. Let's talk about your OTTB Astrid.
2: Oh my gosh. They're so happy that they can actually run around and frolic in the pasture because it's not covered in ice anymore. So um, we've been just kind of working on getting everyone in shape. They've had about three to four months off due to this crazy winter. And so it's just been going through and we're doing all our checks, our teeth checks. We're getting our vet stuff done, chiropractic. I'm also having a saddle fitter come out. Um, So, you know, no money. Ever. That's fine. <laughs> no. But uh, we're just really kind of focusing on groundwork and just building up some muscle and top line. So she has a really comfortable transition coming back into it. So you but- have had a brutal winter for sure. Oh, again, a reminder why I live in Michigan nobody knows. <laughs> But what's going on with you and Baby Groot?
1: Well, Baby Groot, his name is Lost My Way. He's my makeover horse. We are slated to compete in the makeover this year. We are undetermined as what we're actually going to compete in. (laughs) Because he's so talented at so many things. Everyone loves a good surprise. Yeah, exactly. Me too. Uh, Which is what it's going to be, I think. Mm -hmm. So he had a a bit of a bummer week since we have talked last. I have... I just moved here to Oklahoma from Phoenix and I oh, we've been kind of slowly building the farm but it's one giant 18 acre pasture so I have all of the horses have have been have had to be out together and so slowly as we've been building things now I've got a paddock that I can separate my mustang from the rest of the herd because he is a nightmare he thinks that he's he he just reverts back to mustang being in a pasture with you know eight horses and have 20 acres to run around on he's gone crazy and he kicked baby groot in the shoulder oh and it's damn uh, it zeus damn it zeus it's a hashtag (laughs) hashtag damn it zeus he all he's just the biggest pain in the butt mustang ever but he's also my because he's jealous though he's totally. so jealous. Well, he injured himself last August. He did a tendon so he's been I mean he's been off. You can't mm. do anything with him. But then I haven't have been able to do stall rest, so he's been turned out. And uh as of yesterday and today, I have now put two rides on him just on a walk around. So hopefully he'll start to behave himself a little bit better. Yeah. But Baby Groot has been laid up. I'm you know, slathering his shoulder with DMSO and, and I put him in the round pin today and he's actually quite sound. So we'll see how he does when he has a, if he can have a girth put on, cause it's kind of like shoulder girth area. Oh, and then you can even fun. see the hook, like you could have at least faked it, you know, but no, it literally looks like a hoof the exact size of the Mustang.
2: Oh. <laughs> so. so that, that wasn't just a, like a hint that you're getting on my nerves. That was a That was not, he does not want him to mess with his mama anymore. (laughs) No,
1: he's over it. So, and you know what's funny is I get on him today and he he hasn't been ridden in eight months. And he looks back at me like, Really? Again? You rode me yesterday. I'm
2: like, Yeah, give me a break. We had eight months here. He brought it on himself for kicking him, you know? He brought it on himself. So
1: maybe we we have some fun stuff in the works, but mainly what, you know, I see all these videos of these people on the uh, thoroughbred makeover page. Oh, my horse is jumping. My horse is traveling. I've had a really hard time with getting Groot in a trailer and he loaded when I got him. He just kind of loaded, but by the time I got here, he was terrified. So this past week, I've been practicing loading and unloading, loading and unloading, and I put him in the trailer and I drove him to a farm 2.2 miles away on a nice, cool, breezy day. And by the time I got there, he was drenched, lathered, and shaking. Oh, poor baby. (laughs) So he's just obviously had some not super fun or not very many experiences. He didn't run very much because they quickly saw that that would be a bad idea. Uh, So he has not had that many experiences. And the ones he has haven't been apparently very pleasant because he's terrified. So I, I called in the big guns, Joy, to help us out. I called in none other then the man himself, Monty Roberts, to, to help me and tell me what to do, because I just, and by the way, I recorded this, I, this was live on my other podcast called Horses in the Morning, and Monty came on last week, so he's already sort of publicly shamed me and (laughs) given me the advice, so we have been practicing, so you'll have to stick around to say Uh, to to learn what Monty says about how to get your horse in the trailer and traveling comfortably without being terrified. So we shall see uh, you guys will learn unless you've already listened to horses in the morning, what he has to say, but it's going to be really fun. And I can't wait to see this adoptable horse of the week. I don't look ahead of time on purpose. (laughs) So we'll have Monty on in just a second, but we get to hear from our title sponsor. First Kentucky performance products she had waited all her life for this moment dreaming about it since she was 10 years old the trailer ramp touched the ground he whinnied as she backed him out swinging his head around to get a good look at his new home his coat gleamed in the sun her love had arrived she was breathless he was beautiful she could hardly wait to tack him up and start off on what she was sure would be the best times of her life This love story is brought to you by Contribute, providing essential omega-3 fatty acids that help maintain low inflammation levels throughout your horse's body. The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Call 859-873-2974 or visit kppusa.com to order today. I got a thoroughbred that I have to train for the thoroughbred makeover and at home, he is a dream. I mean, I can almost ride him bridleless at this point. He's so easygoing. When I got him, he wouldn't load at all. And he did race once or twice, but very unsuccessfully and did not have a whole lot of experience on the track. He wouldn't load when I got him. Of course, I worked and worked and worked on it and he loads perfect. And so we went on our first field trip on Saturday I put my calmest gelding in the trailer with him and we hauled two miles down the road. When we got to the Mm -hmm. facility, he was in the trailer sweating and shaking, even with his friend. I unloaded him and it's a new, it's an event facility. He's shaking and twitching and calling out. So what is the best way to A, stop trailer anxiety and B, to introduce horses to new places safely?
3: Okay, Jamie, I want you to tell me very quickly from the top of your head, what was the most important sentence in your explanation of what this horse does?
1: Uh, I believe he's probably pretty remedial in loading. He's had some bad experiences in loading. He wouldn't load, so he had some anxiety about it.
3: Is that okay, it? let me tell you for you what the most important sentence you okay. said. We took our first trip off the property okay you took your first trip off the property and you're concerned that the horse made that trip and then was sweating and and it was terrible and he had a friendly horse in with him and why would he ever do this well it was your first trip off the property okay and the the rattling the banging the jumping up and down this crazy trailer goes sideways into my hips and And it's driving me crazy. Good. (laughs) What we're going to do then is, A, we're going to park the trailer somewhere very convenient. And each day, a couple of times a day, starting out maybe three or four times a day, we're going to put a tiny little cup of sweet feed up in the manger there. And we're going to load you and let you eat the sweet feed and take you right out and put you away. But we want you to think of this trailer as a wonderful place to be, not a terrible place. And then we are going to do that awful thing of moving it (laughs) and listening to the metal rattle and feeling the tires jump up and down and all the vibration. And we put a friend in with him, someone that he looks over the fence to or someone that he cares about. And we drive out the gate and do a U-turn and drive in the gate and take him out and put another cup of sweet feed in and do it again. And we do it two or three times a day for a week or so, extending the trip that we make each day a little bit. Leave it hooked up to some old pickup or something. And just extend the trip out to a mile or two come back and give him some idea of the light at the end of the tunnel. You know that I worked with a horse in Hong Kong recently that had no light at the end of the tunnel, and this trainer was a demon for this horse. And he did not believe that the finish line was light at the end of the tunnel. And I got there, and I watched 20 minutes of how this man trained the horse, and I said, Ray Charles could see what's wrong here. (laughs) and i created light at the end of the tunnel for him and he won four and a half million u.s dollars in six weeks Uh now the guy went right back training him after the four and a half million he gave him a month off and then he went right back training him the way he did before and now he stopped again and i was on the phone last night with the new trainer because the owner had enough and uh, I don't know whether I can turn it around again because you can only lie to these poor buggers a few times and they don't believe you anymore. Mm -hmm. And you put him in the trailer and that wasn't a bad place. And now he loads really well. And then you did the terrible thing of moving that blinking trailer that rattles with metal that horses never heard of in 50 million years. The thing bouncing up and down and me going on a highway with other traffic going by me and everything, I don't like it in that trailer anymore. They have to know it's a safe place. That's the light at the end of the tunnel. And when you come back in, you unload and maybe he won't load again. You have to go through the whole thing again and a little cup of sweet feed, and a friend in there with him. And you'll be on cloud nine in a week or so.
1: Perfect. Perfect. Perfect answer. Thank you so much. Have you guys bought your smooth stride riding jeans yet? Come on. It's a pair of jeans that you can ride in every day and then go muck out or go to the grocery store and you don't have to change and you don't have to be embarrassed. By the way, there's no inseams in the jeans to make chafing a thing. So there's no chafing. They're comfortable as riding breeches. They look, perform, and wear like regular jeans. They have a stretch denim, and so they're comfortable in the saddle or out. The coolest part about it is there's a cell phone pocket on top of the thigh. So how many times have you had your cell phone in your back pocket, and say you're in a dressage saddle, and then the cantle of the saddle pushes your... Well, I'm speaking from experience here. So anyway, get these jeans. You guys, there's no seam on the inside. And they also come in knee patch, full seat, or just the regular jeans. And the knee patch is like an extended knee. So it starts above your knee and goes all the way down to the bottom. And right around your waist, they're a little bit higher in the back. So you don't like go to pick hooves and show your butt crack. And so they're a little higher in the back, but they're very comfortable. And on the inside, there's a little a different kind of material to keep them up and have them stay
2: up and not fall down. Smoothstride.com is the website. Check it out. So, Jamie, I'm super excited to have Jill on. She's 20 years old. She's a full-time college student studying psychology, and she also is an exercise writer for her trainer and somehow has found time to get ready for a thoroughbred makeover challenge. I could not do that at her age. So it's really impressive. So um, I'm pretty excited to welcome Jill with us to talk about how she's using positive reinforcement with her horse, Mac, to get him ready. Hey, Jill. Hey, how's it going? Great. So positive reinforcement, that's not something we normally see in the training world. What brought you into that?
4: (laughs) No, it's not. Um, (laughs) Well, Actually, I used to think that it was all tree huggers and rainbows and butterflies and all that wonderful stuff. But um, my mare last summer colicked and I wanted to do something with her while she was on stall rest and recovering. And Mm -hmm. then I kind of fell down the rabbit hole and was like, oh, wait, it's science. Okay, (laughs) maybe I should actually look into this. And uh, yeah, I just fell in love with it. And then when my boss... um, offered me to take a horse to the retired racehorse project, I was like, cool, can we do it with positive reinforcement shoes? Like do whatever you want. And I was like, dope. So, um, I'm taking her horse Mac to the retired racehorse project and I am using as much positive reinforcement as possible and using that as sort of a philosophy to
1: get into the training. Let me, let me jump in here because I am, I, Explain to all of us what positive reinforcement training is. Okay, so I was I considered doing that. Um, so
4: positive reinforcement is, in scientific terms, the addition of a pleasurable stimulus in order to increase behavior. And so in layman's terms, you have a horse do a behavior. If you like it, you give them a treat. And if you don't like what they're doing, then you just try and reshape the environment in order to set them up for success. And, um, you know, it's a little taboo to use treats with horses. But if you take the precautionary measures to set the horse up for success and have them understand that, you know, being all over you and mugging you for treats is not going to get them a treat, then they stop doing it. So So it's pretty dope. I like it.
2: So with that, Jill, just as a quick example, how did you prep your horse not to be a, a grabby grubber, as I like to call them when it's involving trees? Okay,
4: so there are several different names for it. Some people call it head away, Some people call it grown ups. But um, essentially, you work in protected contact first. So you have a stall door or a fence or whatever available to you. And you just sort of stand by the horse with a treat in your hand and you know they'll kind of nose you and if they're a biter maybe stand a little further away and the second they move their head away for you from you give them a click and then a treat so the click just sort of is an event marker so it just tells them that that was the precise behavior and um then you give them a treat and then after several repetitions they're like hmm i'm getting i'm getting an idea here that maybe being all over her is not giving me a treat so
1: So how does it shift to being in the saddle? I mean, are you cantering around and like jump down a line and then give them a click at the end and a treat in the middle of your, (laughs) how's that work? Right. It's it's a little complicated
4: and honestly, um, I am very new at this. So I just started clicker training back in last summer. So I probably won't give you the most useful (laughs) answer, but I'll do my best. Um, I like your honesty. I like it. Yeah, I'm definitely an amateur, Um, but the goal is to use chaining and work on duration. So you get like three strides of trot and you give a click and a treat and you can gradually work up to time duration or stride duration, whatever you're working for. And then suddenly you're trotting around for 20 minutes and the horse is like, I got this. And then you give them a treat at the end. And the same thing with jump courses you know, all jump courses are different, but the horse gets the basic principle to say target a fence and go and jump it. And then, um, you know, after the course you can give them a click and a treat, but the process to doing that is working up using successive approximation. So you build up slowly with like little attempts and you start all of this on the ground and then it transfers very easily into the saddle with a horse that has, like, I just like it because it, enhances communication. The horse starts to understand more words and, um, what you're asking of them in different places. And with something like jumping, um, it's just behavior chains. You want them to trot and then jump and
2: then trot away. And that would be a very simple behavior chain that you would start with. Okay. So I hope that answers the question. I think that, I think that's a good way to bring it in to, for everyone. Cause you know, it's something that I also enjoy uh, researching as well. But what kind of treats do you use for this? I mean, how do you not make your horse sick with sugar?
4: Right. So I first started um, with like knicker makers, and then I was like, oh my god, that's so expensive. <laughs> and um, <laughs> and so I asked some of my positive reinforcement elders, and was like, please endow me with your wisdom. And they said to just use alfalfa pellets, and it's actually better to have a less like sweet treat that's not necessarily super desirable so i mean alfalfa pellets i mean if they wanted to when you're working with them at liberty they could just as easily graze but um it has this whole like factor of contra loading, which is another topic we don't need to get into but
1: um, you are are a psychology major i know i'm just like (laughs) i I can't help but nerd out it's really bad (laughs) all i
4: do and my friends and boyfriend are like please stop (laughs) but um but with that, you know, I mean, I work with them at Liberty a lot, so they're completely free to leave me or to graze or do whatever might be more interesting. But my goal is to make the training interesting and engaging enough to where they want to stay and they want to work for the same thing that they have readily available to them. And so um, long answer short, I use alfalfa pellets, <laughs> They're like the, do more pellets and they're pretty good size. And then you can just give like one or two and they're willing to work for that.
2: That's awesome. So. Tell us how Mac is dealing with the positive reinforcement. How is taking an off the track thoroughbred? It's a little bit about his history and how is he going with positive reinforcement?
4: Right. So my boss got him, um, in a claiming race. She saw him a year ago and was like, I'm going to own that horse. And then a year later she bought him and she ran him one last time. And, um, he won back his claiming fee And then she brought him home and was like, here's your retired racehorse project. And I was like, dope. Okay, thanks. And um, So with training him, at first he was like very reserved and like really seemed sort of afraid to like put a toe out of line. And so like when we brought him home, you know, you expect them to run around the paddock and be insane. But he just kind of like walked around and maybe slowly trotted and just kind of like just like assessed his surroundings. And now he's very different. (laughs) Now he's like everybody's buddy and he is just like the biggest personality and it's really cool to see that happen. And um obviously this is not exclusive to positive reinforcement trained horses, but um it is something that's very common when they're positively trained because they're not afraid to mess up. They're just like looking for opportunities to be right. And um it's it's really cool to see how his um how his personality has changed and how he's like really come out of his shell and um So what I'm doing with him is working from the ground to train the walk, trot, and canter cues, um, giving to like rain cues and not training them traditionally where you would like, you know, pull. And when the horse gives, you release, that would be negative reinforcement, which doesn't mean bad. It just means the release of an
5: aversive or pressure.
4: So I would train that by sort of just having the rain and then giving him a verbal cue to turn his head that I would have trained prior and then adding the rain cue in so that he just learns that that's a cue and it's not going to increase or anything like that that's the goal anyway so <laughs> um, so we are on what, a limited time frame so i'm
1: going to do the best i can <laughs> yeah well what are you planning to enter in in the makeover
4: i really wanted to do show jumping and freestyle. I think that's what I'm shooting for. Maybe we'll do dressage or maybe we'll skip the freestyle. I feel like the freestyle is a lot of
2: pressure.
1: (laughs) I don't know. I'm like, I don't know if I'm a performer. Yeah. I'm curious about the freestyle. You kind of have to like, people go all out for it. Don't they? I know. I watched so many videos of it and I was like, this is insane. And like, people like Lindsay
4: Partridge. I'm like, how, how on earth? Like, I don't think I can do that. (laughs) So I might take it easy for my first um, time ever doing this. And especially I feel like, cause it's, I don't know, I'm shuddering, but it's so different switching from um, like a more traditional mindset. You know, I feel like I'm having to relearn everything and train the horse at the same time. So I'm like powering through books constantly and then going out and applying it. And uh, it's, it's tricky for sure. But How's um, that
1: schoolwork coming along? <laughs> <sighs> I have a 4.0 GPA right now. And oh, my gosh.
4: <laughs> Better than me. he yeah, <laughs> got a big brain. I'm a little type A.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, this is great. What is your uh, horse's actual racehorse name? His name is Make It Work, which is sort of what we're trying to do. <laughs> just I love it. That's That's great. a great name. So will you guys can go out and look for Make It Work at the Thoroughbred Makeover. She's apparently potentially going to be in freestyle dressage or show jumping or I don't know, hunter Yeah.
2: <laughs> Joe, where can people find, find you to follow updates on? Yeah, this. We need to follow you. Oh dear. Um so
4: I have an Instagram called Jet Theory. It's my initial J E T and then E Q U I Equi and then theory. I don't think I need to spell that. <laughs> and then my website is the same, JetEquineTheory dot com. Um, I'm also on YouTube, JetEquineTheory, and I just, as we mentioned, uh, released my new podcast, which is called Equine in Theory, um, which will be sort of following my journey with Mac and my personal mare Zoe um, as I delve into all of this positive reinforcement training and try to make it work.
1: <laughs> Very cool. That was cool. unintentional, but
4: awesome. it works.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's great that's great well congratulations and w- hey you know what we'll see you at the makeover yes we will and
4: it'll be my uh what is it my 21st birthday on the day yeah. that we get there Out.
1: So. <laughs> it's my <laughs> 21st birthday like in october 19th so be like <laughs> that's yeah.
4: awesome we're so close yours is right after
1: so close except for a few more years (laughs) yeah like 20 but nobody's counting the (laughs) boys. hey jill thank you so much for coming by and joining us thanks joe thank you guys so much for having me on
2: well it's that amazing time again where we have our equestrian must-have sponsored by riding warehouse sonia's joining us again which we're so excited about and we're going to be talking about that spring is here. Our horses are you know, looking great. Their shedding hair is all gone. We're getting ramped up for training and show season. So I think it's time to just talk about shopping for new tack. And Sonia, you have some really cool tack to talk about.
4: Yeah, so I could talk all day about tack. I love tack. I'm a huge quality snob, as you would call it. But today I wanted to talk to you about new bridles that we have at the warehouse. So I'm a stickler about leather quality. So for me, my top priority is making sure whatever I buy lasts. In terms of leather quality, one of my favorite brands is Kale Select. It's not a very well-known brand, but the leather is just so incredibly buttery. know, mm-hmm. so everything, every new product we get up here, we actually feel in the office, and it was just a standout. Everyone I know who's gotten one loves it. Our sponsored four-star event writer, Andrea Baxter, she rides in her KL Select Burley My mom actually rides in her kale selected holiday chase. Just overall can't say enough good words about it.
2: I love it. You guys are just so in tune with your customers. And that's one of the reasons that you guys are my go-to tax shop every day, all day. So again, thank you for that. Guys, check them Thank out you. at www.ridingwarehouse.com. So if you listened to our last episode, you would have heard about our hashtag MyOTTBStory giveaway and that we were hoping to have it launched on March 25th, but we're horse people, not tech people. So we had a couple technical difficulties. But with that, if you follow Riding Warehouse on Instagram or Facebook, you'll be able to see that that giveaway is launching this week. So you're going to want to make sure that you're following them and to get those updates on what's happening. We also have our guest judges confirmed. I'm really excited to say that Kyle Rofus is going to be on as one of our guest judges. So he was also on one of our episodes earlier. And Lainey Ashker is also going to be judging. So it's a good group. So make sure you put your best transformation story out there. So again, follow writing warehouse and search for the hashtag #MyOTTBStoryGiveaway story giveaway on their page.
0: And now it's time for the New Vocations Winter Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week.
1: It's that time again when we all get tortured by looking at beautiful thoroughbreds that are up for adoption at New Vocations. It's our Winter Circle Adoptable Horse of the Week at New Vocations. And Leandra's here to tell us about him or her. Tell me who it is. I don't even know yet. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Well, this guy's technically unnamed, but he's, we call him Dreamer, but he's unnamed Sweet Dreamer 2016.
1: Wait a second. So this unnamed? horse doesn't have a name? So th- so basically, he's out of a mare in 2016 named Sweet Dreamer. That is correct. And these
4: unnamed ones, what this tells us also is that he's unraced.
1: Unraced, unworked, uh, but is he started? Has he been ridden? Tell us about him. Oh my God, he's so cute and he's kind of fat. I love it. He's a <laughs> chunky man. I love him. <laughs> he's a big teddy bear.
4: Yes, he has been started. He's been in training here and is regularly worked out. He has been a very reliable, solid citizen in the barn and is not only always an eager, happy face, hanging out of his stall, waiting to get attention, but he's also been very consistent under saddle. We used him when we had riders come to try out, so to speak, for our rider interviews. He was one that we turned to to take care of our riders uh, who were trying to become hired for the rider position that we had open at the time. But he is also a great turnout buddy that we can put in even our biggest gelding group that is generally full of goofy horses and it rotates, but he has been very consistent in and out of the saddle.
1: So he is three years old. He's 15'3". He's a bay. And he's he's kind of a stockier, heavier set guy, which means you don't have to feed him quite as much as your uh, raised ones, I guess. I'm giving positive here. He's fat, yeah. let's be honest. He's, fat. <laughs> he's basically just a
4: big fuzzy teddy bear. Yeah. And in his video online, the rider, our assistant trainer, Amanda, is she is five foot eight, long legs. And you'll see in the video, she actually doesn't look inappropriately sized. So he's no, that's three, she is that, that that stocky build gives him that roundness to take up your leg. So he's a very fly, you know, people tend to think fifteen three, anything shy of sixteen, they think is sort of small, but he is really doesn't feel small whatsoever
1: no he's got a pretty yeah. big girth area too so yeah, yeah i mean there's there's plenty of of horse underneath her leg at 5 8 wow that's amazing well he is absolutely adorable he is available mm-hmm. now what is the astronomical adoption fee of sweet dreamer 16 he is
4: listed at 1000 for his adoption fee and you basically at that you're getting uh very talented partner who's got his whole life ahead of him and just looking for his perfect person.
1: And And he's he's a name. Yeah. So is he registered (laughs) if he doesn't have a name?
4: He is registered with the jockey club. They just didn't give him a formal name. So he would still be eligible for a makeover type competition. I also should add that he's very appropriately out of this dreamer line because he loves to take his, Afternoon siesta, we will regularly find him flat out in his doll, <laughs> snoozing in the afternoon. Oh, oh my God. He's so we, we just let him stick with the name Dreamer because we felt it was so appropriate.
1: <laughs> oh, my God. He's Seabiscuit. He looks just like him in the movie, and then Seabiscuit slept all the time and was kind of fat. So this is perfect. you got it. course. It's exactly it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, you heard it here first. Horseadoption.com. You can find him on the unnamed sweet Dreamer-16. is what they're calling him dreamer right now. Um, Leandra, thank you so much for just complete he is so stinking cute. Oh my god, he needs a mama. <laughs> Somebody come and get him and name him. Poor little Aww. thing. <laughs> <laughs> That's why this is a bad segment. Um so let's talk to Sarah Coleman from New Vocations as well, because y'all have some news
5: now. We do. We do. We do. Uh, previously, new vocations had adopted out pretty much east of the Mississippi River. And we did that primarily in case any of our horses ever got into a situation where we needed to take them back fairly rapidly. Uh, we were able to do so. And we actually just opened all of our adoption area. So now we will adopt to approve send horses to approved adopters anywhere in the United States, which is... A huge, huge step for us. And we're super excited because for years and years, we keep on getting, you know, when are you going to adopt to California, Washington, blah, blah, blah. So we're super excited that now we can say, we can send you a horse. Um, you still have to be awesome. an approved adopter.
1: <laughs> so Amazing. it's years ago when I lived in Phoenix, I actually tried to adopt a horse from y'all and you wouldn't let me. And so now yes. what changed? What changed?
5: So to be very honest, the Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance, the TAA, has done such a fantastic job of, you know, really setting the standard for aftercare. And they've sanctioned organizations all across the U.S. that we at New Vocations feel very confident that if we had a horse who was in potentially a bad situation further away from where our facilities are, that we could call one of those TAA-accredited organizations and say, hey, can you go take a peek at this horse for us? Or you know, would you be able to hold this horse for us until we can get it back? Um, it has really given us a very, very good peace of mind to know that there are more than just maybe you know our eyeballs looking at these horses and making sure that they're in good situation.
1: Man, that's fantastic. A horse that yes. goes through new vocations has won the freaking horse lottery. That is for sure.
2: <laughs> Definitely. You guys look out for these horses and um, and I just love following the Facebook page of seeing all the people who've adopted them as well and just seeing their stories. And you guys do some amazing, amazing work.
1: Now, here's well, the thing. You. If you guys, if you can't adopt right now or you do want to adopt and you want to come see all the horses or you just want to come out and have some cocktails at new vocations, Sarah, tell them how they can do that. <laughs>
5: absolutely so april 26th is a friday we host our annual open barn and barbecue at our facility in lexington kentucky for those of you who will be in town for the land rover three-day event we are only seven miles from the horse park so we're super easy to get to very pretty drive Uh, and we basically throw open our barn doors we invite everybody to come and tour the barns and meet the horses and listen to a band. We have a wonderful band that comes to, to us from out of Louisville. And we also have uh, a four-star event rider, Nick Larkin. He is going to come and talk with Leandra and some of our other uh, new locations employees about he prepares thoroughbreds when they come off the track for an eventing career.
1: Fantastic. And where can people go to buy tickets for this? By the way, she didn't say barn barbecue open bar. That's
2: the whole, <laughs> and a chance to meet me and Jamie. Which oh is yeah, like, that's right. We'll be there also too. kind of a
5: big deal. I love it. I love it. So we are super excited. And yes, it is definitely an open bar. We have beer from West Six Brewery. We have wines from Jackson Family Wine. And we are very, very excited to have oh and Tito's podcast. Can't forget mm-hmm. them. They're wonderful to us as well. So you can get tickets at newvocations.org. There's a scrolling banner across the top that mentions the open barn and barbecue, or it's under the event dropdown. Uh, I would recommend we do usually tend to sell out as we get closer to the event. So if you think you might want to come, we would encourage you to buy your tickets early.
1: Fantastic. Oh, um, well, we will be there. You got the chance to come kick me in the shin or something. I don't know what you want to do, but uh, <laughs> joy will give you a hug. She promises. Yay. And she's really pretty. So anyway, <laughs> Leandra and Sarah, thank you so much for coming on and, and telling us about Sea Biscuit and how wonderful he is. And we love him already.
2: Yes, can't wait to hear him get adopted next, too. Thanks so much, you guys. Horseadoption. Thank you.
0: The second Horse Lovers Cruise is set for February 3rd, 2020. Most of you are just thawing out from a miserable winter. Think about next year taking a break from all of that in February and joining us on a warm cruise with fellow horse lovers and listeners of the Horse Radio Network. All of the details can be found at horseloverscruise.com. We had a fantastic time on the first one. Listen to what some of your fellow Horse Radio Network fans and cruisers had to say.
5: Like, I, I really enjoyed the um, like the group like meal time that we had people that we could sit with, and we kind of moved around a little bit and got to talk to different people.
0: Visit horseloverscruise.com to listen to a special show we did describing the whole cruise and all the details you will need with our travel agent, Michelle, from MEI Travel. Go to horseloverscruise.com. <laughs>
1: Find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at retiredracehorseradio.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired racehorse Radio, and you can follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio.
2: Jamie's email is jamie at horseradionetwork.com, and Joy's email is joy at horseradionetwork.com, or look for me on Instagram at joy H. equestrian. Thanks to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products, Riding Warehouse, and Smooth Stride Jeans. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember, don't forget to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride.
1: And spay, neuter, and gill. Switch is
3: going to take over the lead from Moon to French. Zenyatta still has two lengths to make up and only a final furlong on to do. She's going to have to fly again. Switch has the lead at 65. Zenyatta will 19 for 19. Eight here at Hollywood Park. Just another perfect day for the Queen, Zen Yuna.